Here we go. Glenn Power is here. It's the PowerWorks podcast. We're talking cars and automotive stuff for the next little while. Looking forward to talking about VWs in this podcast, Tiguans and more. I actually like the T-Rock. I don't, I've never driven one. I just like the name. Because like, what do you own? T-Rock. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? T-Rock. Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 there's the iRock in... Yeah. In America, right? Well, uh, yeah, but that's a Camaro. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, not, it's, it's not for me either. But <laughs> well, um, I drove an IROC. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, people in Britain only know of an IROC from the um, Wheatus song "Teenage Dirtbag." Oh, there so we go. He drives yeah. an IROC. Yeah, there we go. Well, we're we're going to dive right into it. We're coming to you from the podcast studio here at the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai. It is PowerWorks time. So, the reason this is coming up is a couple weeks ago, we were sitting down, we were getting ready to, to do the podcast thing, and you were sending me videos. You had the thing, you had multiple Tiguans, you had other things. In Tuaregs, oh. Tuaregs, okay, silent. sorry, Tuaregs. You had multiple Tuaregs in the shop, and you said, this is, it's, it's become a home of VWs, which is not a bad thing because you love VWs and that's where you, yeah. you cut your teeth and the team is really, you know, really loves to be working on those machines. And I thought, well, let's, let's do that show. Let's, let's talk about these and where things are going and what you're noticing and, you know, sort of walk our way around the shop as well. But uh, yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't push PowerWorks as a, as a specialist. There's many reasons for that. Which is, which is a hard one, isn't it? Because, I mean, not a hard one. Obviously, you guys work on everything. You work on the Wranglers. You work, you work on any, any vehicle. Yeah. But I do see when you drive around and you look at garages, you'll see the generalists. So we work on everything. And then you'll see a few people who've said, okay, we only do. Well, we'll do everything, but we really love Mercedes. Or yeah. we really love to work on Skoda. Or we really, really love to work on MGs. I actually haven't You've seen never that. Met anybody that says that. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's like a, there's a couple of seventy year old guys in 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 some backwoods place in England that would probably say that, <laughs> but there's nobody else, no one else. I, I saw a new one the other day, brand new, you know, fresh out of the wrapper, and I had to take a second look because I wasn't sure if it was a Volkswagen, the MG uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. Who knew? But, but all I think about is the stories. And if you go back into the podcast, there were a number of episodes where we were talking about Colin, MG, Electrics, and you were working on that. Stupid car. Yeah. That, that Absolutely was, ridiculous. That was the summary right there. And Yeah, you know what? One of the things is that I, I, I don't think... So, and and I, look, I'm, I'm not professing to be any kind of expert here in the economics but i don't think the margins are there on these chinese vehicles for the 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 dealerships here to provide the exact same level of service that you would expect that you can then get from an alma builder that does vw yeah and and i'm not saying that people that buy an mg necessarily expect the same quality as they would if they were to buy a VW. They understand that the same size car yeah, is costing yeah, yeah. them 50% of the price, but you still expect the same level of customer service, I think. Now, yes. M- M- with the MG, it's a good example. Um, they disappeared for 
effectively the best part of 15 years. Yeah, they were gone. And then came back. So then you've got a whole generation of new drivers that don't really know what mm. an MG is. Mm. Now, you'd say MG to anybody, certainly British, um, but anyone that's had any kind of interest in motor vehicle history that's 50 plus yeah, in vintage. Sure. Anyone British will just roll their eyes and talk and say, what a disaster. And They will say, know, that is not an MG you're looking at yeah, on the road. And they'll say, you know, they'll tell you about the whole, the glory days of it. Yeah. But were they really that good? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. they can't, they didn't have much of the same, they didn't have any, any other, they had no harder, from what I understand of it, nothing was harder for them than it was for Land Rover, than it was right. for Jaguar. Right. They're still around. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You pivot, you 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 make some missteps along the way, yeah. you figure out how to make it more economical, how to get it to be more reliable, yeah. how to get a better parts distribution system going. Yeah. You, you need, you need a, a whole group of dealers. You need a whole group of agencies who are going to make it work. I think if anybody... If anybody boiled it down and went into it properly, maybe, you know, I'd be, I'd be up for that. I might do that. And we'll do an MG show or we'll do a British motor industry show because that's like, yeah. all of it will come down to an individual. Yeah, there we go. Exactly. The, all, of the, all of the positive will come down to an individual decision. Then there'll be a collaborative effort to get it to a certain point and then all of the negative will ultimately be down to one guy. Right. And invariably <laughs> in the British motor trade at that time, it was a man yeah. that screwed everybody. Yeah because they misappropriated funds or they just had absolutely no idea what they were mm -hmm. doing at that in the position that they held. And there was a lot of glad handing and a lot of, you know, brown envelopes being passed around and golden handshakes for people and it's no way to run a business. Yeah. You know, and that's why there's more there's probably more Nissans put together in the UK than than any <laughs> other car. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it's, it's incredible, actually. And we, we're going to talk about VW. Depending on, depending on what you believe and read, I mean, the history is kind of undeniable, but Volkswagen could have died a death with the, with the reparations from the, from the war, yeah. from the Potsdam Agreement. The, the, the British Army officer that decided to, instead of demolishing the factory and selling the stuff, all the equipment... You put British Racing Green on a tight one on a Beetle, <laughs> yeah. which we now know is a Beetle. I think they used to call them KDF or something. Yeah, some crazy thing. So, so they, they painted it green and showed it to the military in the UK and they're like, yeah, we're up for a bit of that. <laughs> and then they got all the rest of them and get the, got the factory back going again. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you've got probably the most iconic car ever. You know, there's, there's the Mini Cooper and there's the Citroen 2CV yeah, and the yeah, Fiat yeah. 500, but it's the Beetle. Yeah, everything that came from the Beetle. I mean, what would hippies hippies have done if there was no exactly. Beetle or campervan? And it all go. came from the same thing, right? <laughs> and say what you want about hippies, but what a movement! And everybody knows if you say hippie, everybody knows straight away. Yeah, they know straight away. Just like you know, just like with a, a scooter, yeah. with with a mod. You know, that, that's it's just one of those cultural icons, which again, it kind of comes down to an individual. An individual made a decision to do something with it. Now, for whatever reason, he thought that. He obviously wasn't thinking, we'll, we'll keep this alive and in you know, 70 years it'll be the biggest yeah. producing car manufacturer in the world. That's obviously not what was in his head. But at the same time, that's 
a single person making a single decision, which has changed history. There'd have been no Golf GTI. And if there'd have been no Golf GTI, there'd have probably been no hot hatches. You think about mm. all the great cars you get as a hot hatch. There'd have been no Passat. There'd have been there'd have been no Bugatti Veyron. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these things are crazy to think. <laughs> and VW as a, I mean, you take Wolfsburg, the, the big plant in Wolfsburg, it was, there was nothing there. That's the reason the plant was put there. Now there's 120,000 people employed. They've got a football team that enters the top flight competition in Europe every single year, just about, just from a car factory. <laughs> Can you imagine? That doesn't happen. You know, you've got Toyota in Japan, but wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It was going to be demolished. Mm. It, it should have been demolished. And then somebody had the foresight to think, well, we could use this for the army and yeah. put them back to work. And it makes sense if they've got to pay money to all these countries, Hungary, Poland, all these places that, that you know, they've affected with the war, then, then they might as well be earning some kind of money and, here we are today, mm. and my shop's full of them, and <laughs> I'm loving well, you, it. You you had some wonderful cars, as I said, that were you were you were firing around. It, it's all started with the, the the first vehicle that was in the line was a, a thing. Yeah, well, I sent you that because I know you had the Golf convertible, right? Yeah, Cabriolet. There's something about a Volkswagen convertible. There is something, you know. There is. I don't know what it is. I don't yeah. know if it's the way that roof comes down and. And we, we, we had the Cabriolet, the GTI Cabriolet, and it, it, it spanked of the Beetle. So, you, you know, yeah. the, just the way the roof worked, this was manual. I mean, this, this yeah. was manual days, a couple of clips on the side to hook it yeah. in place. That was it. And it just, it was just fun. It was just, a, it, I think that was, that's the one word to sum it up, fun. Yeah. I, 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 I knew you'd. And like I say, I knew you'd had that and I knew you'd appreciate it. But yeah, we had the thing which... I'd, I'd have one of those in a in drop yeah. of a hat too. The roof know. is completely off of it at the minute. <laughs> so, so, someone said, hey, I got a, a thing for sale. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. really interested. Yeah. Like I'm really, really interested. So I'm always got my eye on it. Yeah, this, um, this is actually, it's kind of like a half completed project which got to the point of being able to register and use. Okay. Which is now just too fun to use. So it never gets finished. <laughs> So we've had it in to fix the handbrake and we're doing some welding on the floor pan, yeah. um, which is nothing to do with the build quality, by the way. Mm. A battery exploded oh. and the battery's under the back seat. Oh, no. And then the acid just yeah. corroded through the floor. So it happens on them, actually. I've seen that a few times. Mm. Um, but yeah, so then we had the the last, pre, the last model, which is going to be the last model, and I suppose, unless they do an electric one, which mm. is ridiculous if they don't. But yeah. the Beetle... Rag top convertible, mm. and I don't so what's the story of that? Do you, do, what are you, what are you hearing? I mean, it's they're they're done. They're really. done with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how that's possible. Like that's that's a signature vehicle. Yeah, I I think the the redesign didn't. I mean, it's nice and it. Well, it, I remember the launch of the last one, and they launched it in Spain, the same time as they launched the. Pretty sure it was the Cayman, mm. and it came on. I mean, what a car! You know, yeah. drives better than a nine eleven. Didn't say that, but it does. <laughs> um, fantastic car, you, you know. But the Beetle gets wheeled out at the end, and it was like the main event without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And 
and it's because of the fact that you know the new Beatle, as they called it in '98 when that came out, it was too round and bubbly and happy. But at the time, it fit. And there was a lot of cars like that. You yeah, know, we had the smart car in the UK, which was just like a bubble on wheels, and then you know you got there was lots of little round bubbly cars, and it just fit the time. And and it, but it was just yeah yeah. You know, after a while, it was... Well, they, they, squ- they squished it down a little bit. They they, they lowered the roof a little yeah. bit so that it had that, you know... It, it, it went back to sharing a profile with the Porsche again, sort yeah. of. It, it kept the classic shape, but it, it, it was a lot better looking. And they juiced it up a little bit more under the yeah, hood, Yeah, pretty much, just because of the time. Yeah. times, most engines were turbocharged and, you know, the tech got better. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought the last version was really fun. Like yeah, it, I like it. I mean, I like the one before. We we had a, a demo, a blue demo with the convert. It was again that was a convertible, and and me and DJ, you know, we'd borrow that at weekends from <laughs> yeah, the sales team absolutely. quite often, especially when the weather was nice. <laughs> sure, and and it wasn't exactly known for being the most um, masculine of vehicles, shall we no. say? But. It's just something. I mean, it was a Golf, so yeah. it drove and handled and went really well. It was a diesel. We it was a two liter diesel that one. Yeah, okay. So it was great, plenty of power, and the roof came down on it. You know, so early twenties, DJ yeah. probably mid twenties, thrashing around in a in a beetle with the roof down. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. We were loving it. It was really cool, and you know, I did like that car, but the new one was so much better at everything. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I can't understand. Maybe they, maybe they will. Maybe they'll, they'll see that there's a hundred classic Beatles getting converted to EVs every year, yeah. which there must be. There's got to be. There, there must be, and they'll think, well, we're missing out on this. Why, yeah. why, why reinvent the wheel? Who's not going to buy an electric Beetle? Make it look like the old one. Who cares? That's it. I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly saying this, and it, I, I say it to the, the, the folks who, oh, Honda. Honda's got some great ads out right now and some interesting looking Hondas coming out. Yeah. But the 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 original Honda Civics were these tiny yeah. little they basically they were a mini. The yeah. uh, size of an original mini, those smaller tires on them. Why don't they brought those back out as yeah. rompers around the city? Maybe it's safety, me I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you struggle to where you put your airbags and where yeah. you, where you put, but you know well, look what they did with the, the with the, the 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 BMWs that are now the Minis. You know the Mini BMW. They've made it work. They're a little bit bigger, but you know, and there's that whole nostalgia thing in there. So I'm thinking when you start taking it right back to the old look, Volkswagen does this again with the Beetle. Yeah, you know, Honda just do it with the Civic. Have a version like that. People will buy them. Yeah, and if 100%. you can if you can EV convert it. Even better, like that. Then suddenly it becomes that little romper around the town or, or thing, and you know people are driving it. It's like oh 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 oh. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think as as anyone that's listened to more than one of these shows for more than five <laughs> minutes knows, I don't like EVs as the solution. I think it's yeah. hydrogen fuel cell. Obviously, the problem you've got there is at the moment the people that are losing out on petrol sales that control crude oil at least can at least make money from power stations charging yeah. EVs. So that's the way it's going. Of course, there's there's lobbyists and there's political power with these people that run 
oil companies. Right. So while ever they can power power stations on oil, okay, we'll sell less petrol at the pumps, but at least we're selling more to the power stations to run the EVs and we're, yeah. we're selling more to the construction industry to put the cable in and et cetera. I just don't think it's sustainable from the raw material side of the batteries. And I do think it's a bad idea to go all in on it, but it's a necessary change. Yeah. I just think hydrogen is the way to go. Yeah. And... For me, you've got a you've got a simple decision where, well, is it is it worth is it worth designing all these brand new platform EVs? Is it worth doing that when, you know, we could convert an old Beetle? I mean, I would. Who's not going to buy it? And, and, exactly. the, and for me to go and do it, look, it can be done, and there are countless examples, and a lot of people document their things through vlogs and blogs and everything mm. else um and i'm sure on youtube you'd be able to find somebody that's done it or at least owned one and done a uh, 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 an ownership review or something like that but it's way 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 more expensive for me to do it and i'm doing it with second hand invariably tesla bits yeah yeah so the battery's already a little bit well a lot less efficient than it could be and manufacturers could do that at a fraction of the cost I could yeah. sell it to me at a profit and, and everybody wants <laughs> exactly. an old beetle surely yeah. <laughs> you know there's something about it and yeah, yeah it's, it is strange but you know to get back to what we were talking about with the beetle that that convertible was from Canada mm. so um it was from Canada it was from a, a, a French area of Canada because it was a lot, all of the stuff in there was French okay. but it was from Canada um, we were doing a pre-purchase inspection on it uh, there was a, an Irish lady looking to buy it it had, an, it had an accident that was not repaired very well mm. so that's not the end of the world obviously we explained it to the to the prospective buyer and the seller was there of course and I told him at the same time the issue we had was that he tried to cover up on that and say right. I didn't know about it. And yeah, yeah, sure. But he also said he'd owned it for three years. Yeah. It definitely wasn't three years old. So for me, that's a red flag anyway. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I don't think it, it was bought. But right in the middle of the thing and the beetle was the EOS. Yes. Well, I like make, the EOS. Which they don't make those anymore either. Which No, now there's a reason for that. Yeah, okay. What's now, the reason? They were just too much to make they were just too complicated okay. so so the, the roofs were built in Portugal <laughs> right by a special company that were contracted by VW design and make the roof and then they were taking on a jig and we had one I had the jig and what a complicated bit of equipment that is <laughs> well um, that, I mean that's a death sentence right there if if there's a single part a convertible that roof's going up and down up and down up and down up and down, up and down, up and down. an amazing roof the the, the, yeah, the technology amazing. the way it worked yeah it was but if it's brilliant if it's complicated you're, it's a, that's a death nail. VW in two thousand and three four saw an opportunity because a lot of Mercedes were having build quality problems. Mm. A lot of them were having build quality. Now Volkswagen and Mercedes have always been like all the German manufacturers have always been quite close and collaborated. So you've got the Sprinter van, right? Um, which is a VW Mercedes kind of joint effort, and then the, the Viano as well. Th there's always been a lot of that sort of stuff. You know, you've got. Porsche building Mercedes E-classes back in the E500s and stuff like that. And there's always been a bit of collaboration and they know what's going on with each other. Right. Mercedes were building a lot of cars in America. 
and, and build quality issues were there. And VW saw an opportunity, and I'm, you know, I'm, this is this is my opinion, but the dates line up. They thought, well, we can do it better than Mercedes. But obviously, from the <laughs> yeah, time yeah, of yeah. from the time of the conception of that idea to production, Mercedes has started to turn it around. Yeah. So then you see cars like the Passat CC. So the Passat CC was a beautiful car, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. They don't make those anymore either. No. So when we <laughs> when we first got the car in, our master tech, um, he had an SLK. That was one of the first cars with a fully automatic roof, yeah, which yeah. would let you operate it while you were driving below a certain speed. Well, I remember the Passat CC, and I remember him saying to me, "Look, that's our that's our effort there at, at showing we can make a Mercedes." Mm. And I was like, "What? Why would we want to make a Mercedes with Volkswagen? Who cares? We've got Audi for that." And and he was like, "No, this is what we can do, and this is you know." And what a car, yeah. great car, really nice to look at. Probably not, to be fair, the, the original one hasn't aged that well. Like most of the mid-2000s cars, they haven't really yeah, aged I don't know that well. I don't know what happened in mid-2000s. No, I so, agree with you. But it is what it is, and it was a great car, fantastic. It had got rid of all the problems that the Passat that it was kind of based on had had from launch in 2005, and everything was good. Um, but then the EOS was the same. It was like the answer to the automatic roof on the SLK. Mm. Amazing. Worked better than the SLK. Everything was great. Now, in the UK, in a wet and cold climate, all me and the Master Tech, because I, I couldn't do it to start with until I'd done the training, but the Master Tech was the one that had to do it at the time. All we did on them was leaks. Yeah. Water leaks. Now, that was easily fixed. Oh, sorry, easily prevented. Not easily fixed, but easily prevented. So the prevention was to keep the seals clean. Right. And then we had a, a, a liquid, like it looked like baby oil. Mm. It was in a bottle that big. There was no more than 50 mils in it. And it was about 70 pounds, but it'd last forever. Okay. So you just keep clean the seals your seals lubricated. and lubricate the seals yeah. every time you wash the car. Right. And it, it would stop 99% of leaks. That's pretty good. Now we had one that had to go back, was bought back by the by the manufacturer at Volkswagen, bought it back and gave the customer a brand new car because the roof would not stop creaking. Oh. Yeah. But a brand new car because of the roof. Yeah, it wouldn't stop like creaking. That, that's insane. So Volkswagen bought it back. We, we looked at it. It went to Milton Keynes mm -hmm. and then we had the factory in our garage looking at it and uh, it, it went it back to the factory. Okay, just a bad roof. And, and, and it went back. Now... The roof was amazing. As a technical exercise, absolutely amazing. But when you have a customer that's buying the car because of how it looks, they do not care if the roof opens and closes better than an SLK. And they don't care if it's three seconds quicker on operation yeah. than an SLK. And they're not interested, partly because the SLK was another 15K to buy. Yeah. So they weren't in that price bracket. So they're not interested. They're in, they want the VW. And... The problem is, if they've ever had a convertible VW, they've had the Golf, they've yeah. had the Beetle, they didn't have automatic roofs on. Right. This was a completely, <coughs> sorry, this was a completely new thing. And it, it was a shame. And, mm. and I, I would, the, the reason that they're not made anymore is because they were unnecessarily good. Mm. Over-engineered, which made them very complicated and also put too much responsibility on the owner. From an engineer's point of view, 
what you're talking about. We're only asking them to clean the seals. We're yeah. only asking them to lubricate. Why wouldn't you do that? You're spending 40,000 euros on it. Why yeah. wouldn't you do that? Yeah. But as a customer who we used to put the service packs together on a PDI. So on a pre-delivery inspection, car comes off the boat on the car transporter. We inspect it. We check all the wheel bolts are tight. We set the radio channels. We set the radio code. We make sure the keys are working. We road test the car. We check the AC. We do a full, comp- it's the probably the most comprehensive check any car ever gets is before mm. it goes to the customer. Now, this has already been done in the factory pretty much, right. but we're redoing it because it's going out with our name on it. And we have to do that, and it's the right thing to do. But we would do a pre-delivery inspection on, let's say, 50 cars most months maybe more in, mm. in, in March and September when, when we have the um, when we have the new registrations in the UK not many of them were EOSs not many a small percentage of them but you have to remember that they are going to a type of customer that when we put the service packs together in that PDI sheet it was probably that thick you're mm. talking four or five manuals sometimes with supplements right for general maintenance, um, control for the radio, all of this stuff, and they came number order. Radio was was section three point four always, yeah. which is the last section. The only thing after that was supplements. So if there was okay. a sat nav upgrade or anything yeah, like yeah. that, it was at the back. The last one you should get to. And as an engineer, as specifically as a German engineer, you would say, "Well, you're never going to read that. You'll read you'll read how to check fuses and lights first in the in the main thick book nobody yeah. reads it how does my radio work how do I pair my phone they do not care and understandably so yeah they don't care they're not interested like and if if you try and explain to a customer who's just taking the ribbon off their car in the showroom <laughs> right every time you clean this roof just clean the seals with a with a lint free cloth yeah no. and put some of this oil on it you know, we used to put the oil in the glove box. Seventy yeah. pounds, seventy pounds that was. We used to put it in the glove box for him, and every time the car came back for a service, you can guarantee it was in there and it wasn't open. Yeah. And 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 what do you do? Yeah, there you go. So the seal once the seals get dried out, there's no saving. No, and then all we were doing were changing seals left, yeah. right, and centre. And that's not cheap. No, and it, and it's a real, it's a job that because when when one would go on the right hand side you'd have to change both and then the seals often got modified so there was a process from the factory oh crap we're getting too many failures there let's change that change that so then you put the new seal on the right yeah but it wouldn't fit right because you've not got the modified one on the front yeah so then oh so you need to replace the whole seal kit i've spent i mean the master tech i say tim he he was on them before i was uh when they first came out in 2006 but by 2007 8 when i was working on them I've spent over 30 hours on one car. 30 hours. That's crazy. You know, and our, and our warranty rate was 50% at that time from the factory. May have gone up, may have gone down now. So we were getting about £60 an hour for that. And I've spent 30 on one car. Yeah. No. And we've been paid on it. Yeah. Because everything's logged and I've, I've yeah, gone yeah. through a process. And unreal. And the, and the training course was a full week, five full eight-hour days just for that and then I'd have to go back and then there'd be some kind of responsibility for me to cascade that information on 
but I know because I was told, well, I'm not listening to that. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to be involved in that because yeah. all you get is stressed all day, every day. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was a stressful thing. Yeah. Like you'd do this and you'd spend four or five hours, you'd fix it. You'd, you'd check it with the watering can, make sure. And then we'd have a, we had to have a 30 centimeter gap at one bar of pressure on water mm. on a fine spray. And when we tell you, take it into the wash bay, we have it set up on the rig, spray it in. And then you'd be sat in the car and you'd be like, come on, yes, yes, yes. No leak. And then you'd hear this drip. Oh. And you'd look and somewhere else would be leaking yeah. or the place that you thought you'd fixed would be leaking. And it's like, next. Yeah. It's well, soul yeah. destroying. Yeah. And, and, and hence the car is not sold anymore. That's why they don't <laughs> make I, I can't see yeah. any other reason for it. Because, it, again, very, very good car. Handled yeah. really well. The quirky look. I always found that yeah. the had a quirky look. Yeah, the light, the last one that had been facelifted a couple of times looked yeah. really cool. It had yeah. the nice lights and it got rid of them stupid LED things. <laughs> and it was, it looked... They're, they were small yet yet fairly spacious inside, but they yeah. looked kind of small on the outside. Yeah, you, you could get, even with the roof down, you still get plenty of luggage in the back. You still get yeah. a full suitcase in there. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't sit in the back with anyone in the front that was, that had legs. Mm-hmm. But, People could get in behind me if I was in the front and, you know, there was plenty of space and it, it wasn't too cramped even with the roof up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a shame. It, is, it, was a, it was a nice car, but it wouldn't really have worked with a right top. But then saying that, the A4, so the Audi has always been a, a manual convertible. Yeah. So that's true. That's true. You know, maybe they, maybe they thought, yeah. well, we need to separate. I say, I, I think it was an attempt at going after the Mercedes. Maybe. They tried. Didn't work. And it's gone. Yeah. CC, gone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunate. Two, two nice vehicles. But yeah. Touaregs here to stay, though. Which it's, it's, gone through some, it's gone through some nice change, the Touareg. The new one. Yeah. Brilliant. Like the, I think they finally, they've, they've got into the stride. It's taken yeah. a little while. Yeah. The first, obviously, they've always been, it's always been the Cayenne and Touareg has been the same car. Mm-hmm. Obviously, share a lot with the Q7. That's seven-seater, so it's a bit bigger. So, no, you're like, you've got, now you've got the Q7 and the, the Bentayga Bentley there, sort of more alike but they're all on the same platform really but the when the Cayenne came out in 2002 they did the mental turbo in 2003 and then yeah VW Touareg came out with the V10 TDI which was (laughs) unreal yeah like crazy you know affecting tide of the sea when you put your foot down in it ridiculous amount of torque and unreal power yeah and a great car and a really, really nice car and everything inside was big and it made it feel, yeah, you could see a farmer having this, yeah. which from the part of the country we lived in was what you assumed a four, a four by four to me was. It's a farm vehicle. Yeah. Okay. It was because that's just where we lived and you never took your kids to school in a car. They walked or got the bus, Yeah. you know, um, or your dad got, dropped you off in his Sierra or, or, his, or his Austin. <laughs> Montego or whatever it was and, and that was how it was but then then the 2010 11 they revamped it redid it a couple of new engine choices and new new look better inside better interior and it, it all of a sudden became more of a SUV mm. Mm. rather than a, a dedicated 4x4 yeah. uh, but the new one I think personally is the first time the Touareg has looked better than the Cayenne. Ooh, I, those are fighting words. I do like the Cayenne, but I think the new Touareg looks better than the Cayenne. Wow. 
yeah, I do like it. That's obviously a personal taste. Yeah. Um, but and and fairly affordable, even top end. Like it's yeah. I mean yeah, you can afford to own one. I was talking to Andrew Andrew Thomas about the Terramont. Yeah, so I dropped his Tahoe off. Uh, trying to trying to sell him a Terramont. Well, no, I told him to lease one. Yeah, because he's he, he likes his American stuff, doesn't yeah, he? he does. So he's never going to buy one. <laughs> You, so you might not lease one either. He he's says his comment, his only comment on the car when he was looking at it was like, mate, it's a two litre engine. I was like, yeah. Still probably got as much power as a 6.2 in the Tahoe, to be fair. But yeah, that is... Well, it's, got, it's a two litre turbo. It's not, yeah, not just yeah. a little two litre. They do a 3.6 as well. And I yeah. told him to go for the two litre turbo because the, the turbo makes it and helps it feel yeah. better. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, the 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 new Touareg is the first time I saw one. I thought it was a Cayenne. I, I agree with you. The it, the profile, everything about it, it's kind of like you take a second look. It's like, oh, yeah. what's going on there? But VW have really smartened everything up now. They they've gone. It's it's the Porsche way. Of the, you know the the model name yeah. in the center on the back, yeah. yeah, above the plate, and and it's working. Yeah. On every single car, the GTI, the new GTI is the same, just a GTI on the back. See, that's all you need. Yeah. Because that's all you care about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's the same now in the center on the back, above the te- above the number plate. And it just smartens everything up. And it really, really is a nice car. And they've started to make nice alloy wheels again. Mm. It's the Touareg is the first car they've done for years that's got nice wheels on it. <laughs> the GTIs have been shocking. <laughs> Everything's just they lost been their way there. That I mean that I I don't know what was going on there. It was weird. Yeah, it was really weird. Very very strange. Yeah. Uh, we, I know a guy that that sells and manufactures wheels. So you know some of the old retro wheels that you used to get on the on the golfs and the Beatles and stuff. The amount of orders he gets for reproductions of those mm. to put on modern cars <laughs> has gone yeah. way high. That's good. Like the Mark Six and Mark Seven Golfs have just yeah. just taken off because the wheels were crap. It's rubbish. And it's so, so important, you know. A, what they look like when it's moving, but when it's stopped, that's what people see. I mean, that's the big advertisement. You got four of them sitting at you. Yeah, they've obviously the the, the main concern is weight and mm. uh, aerodynamic profile. That's the problem. But still, come yeah. on, come on, <laughs> exactly. Give me a break. I'd rather have. I'd rather have a bit less grip and some eco low rolling resistance tires than on some decent wheels than rubbish wheels with good tires. Less grip. You'd go for less grip. Well, you're not talking like zero, are you? <laughs> but eco eco tires with better looking wheels. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, nobody's running around a racetrack. True. You're not true. driving around a racetrack, are you? you put, and if you were driving around a racetrack, you'd have a set of wheels for that. Yeah. Mm. So. So uh, what, what's 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 Thomas going to do? Is he going to is he going to release one? Is he going to go for the VW or is he going to stick with his big bad bold Tahoe's? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> Got him hooked there, aren't we? I don't know. I, I um, if I was him and I told him, I would definitely lease one. The great deal, like yeah. well, there's big sales on right now too. Yeah, like but it. like you do a 24 month lease for for two thousand plus two three a month or something. Yeah, yeah, it's brand some new ridic- car, some ri- ridiculous number. Yeah. You know, twelve month is is only a uh, you know hundred dirhams more. I yeah. think the so. GTI you can get the new GTI in a twelve month for three thousand. I know it's, it's great. You've got to pay. I think you have to pay the three three of the four up front. Yeah. So the first payments are stinger, but then the last three you don't pay. Yeah. Um, but if it was me, 
uh, I, I would I would certainly certainly go for. It. He's having too much fun, you see, modifying the Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> he's put a dashboard cover in it. Yeah. And uh, is it, is it, he's going down that route. He's yeah. been spray painting his wheels and his badges. Yeah. yeah. Tinted his windows to like 4 million percent. <laughs> I, I saw, you know, this is this is a great another great area that we we don't talk enough about and it's modifications to vehicles. And it's it, it's it's an addictive thing. Once you start doing mods, you can't stop. Like you just start looking at everything and yeah. there's aesthetic modifications and th- that gets out of control. And then once you, once you get past a certain degree threshold in the aesthetic modifications, then it's like, okay, I'm going to lift it just a little bit. Oh, you know, I'm going to do just, um, you know, I'm going to add the next thing, you know, you're, you're in for, you know, mortgaging your house. Well, the problem is <laughs> once you get to the point of putting blue or red lights in your footwell, oh, that's it. There you go too far and there's no going back. <laughs> I saw a guy the other day talking just window tinting. It was it was it was getting dark. The guy drives by me, and I could see the front through the front window because he hadn't tinted it. Some people do that too, and I yeah. don't I don't understand what's going on. But he had the dome light on in his vehicle. I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. But as it went by me, I couldn't see the dome light anymore. And then from the back, it was gone. I'm, I'm looking. I'm going. It is so dark. Yeah, there is zero light coming out of the vehicle, which means there's zero light going into the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, we, we um, <laughs> can't see when he's driving. I, I obviously, I mean, I drop a lot of cars off on my way home if they're in the same neighborhood and the amount of cars that I've got, anything over 50%, even 50%, 50% whilst it is allowed legally. Why when you? you're changing lanes, and every road here is three lanes, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. When you're changing lanes or you're coming off of a roundabout and you look to the mirror and all you can see is the reflection of your dashboard. <laughs> you're done for yeah terrible yeah you know like you can't you can't until you've understood and until you've driven a car with really dark windows it's hard to understand how disconcerting it is when you can't see your mirror well i I always find it interesting because you'll see these these vehicles that have you know 70 percent blackout and yeah great it's it's wonderful when it's hot out and it keeps the sun out and you're a little cooler gets dark you got a problem but then when you see the same vehicle, and I'm thinking maybe a Land Rover or, yeah. or something, and you see the same vehicle, zero tint, you kind of look at the vehicle takes on a whole different perspective. Yeah, tint does have a, there, there is a, 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 an aesthetic value to it. Yeah. There is, a, and some cars look, most cars in my opinion look better tinted, but mm. you have to remember that you've got to be able to see out in the yeah. evening. I think people forget that. They just, yeah. It just becomes aesthetics. You know, the ones that are noticeable are the Teslas. Because there's a oh, lot yeah. of glass on the Teslas, like, yeah, yeah, especially the roof. And, you, you t- and they've got such bright white seats, invariably, yeah. that you notice them <laughs> when the windows aren't tinted. I don't, I don't think I've ever... I, I'm trying to think of a, a Tesla that I've seen that, isn't, uh, that hasn't been tinted. I, I, there's not too many. Yeah, I mean, a lot of cars here, you know, especially when you buy them new, most... Man, most um, Agencies here will, uh, retailers will yeah. tint them for you before they deliver it to you. I mean, they'll charge you yeah. 10 times the market rate to do it, but most people just say whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw it on. Put it on the AMI and I'll just pay it. You know, and it makes sense. You get yeah. the car ready and you can use it and never see them anyone again for another year. But So most cars do get tinted because, you know, they tell you that it rejects 90% of the heat. And Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what? I, I think it's funny because I drive around in a, a soft top and I've got a hard top vehicle. My soft top 
in blazing sunlight is cooler than my hardtop. Mm. I mean, the hardtop is just... It, just the, 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 the hardtop just absorbs and holds yeah. onto the heat. And it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, tinted the windows is really going to make a big difference. Okay, it does make some, but really in the larger scheme of things, when you when you when you take into a fa- into account the fact you can't see yeah there you go hey i want to i want to jump back for a second to volkswagen yeah because i i i saw this this concept car that they've got the id life concept car yeah. which is uh, an ev and when i first looked at it I mean, it's, it's kind of cool looking. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. But when I first looked at it, the very, very, you know, just my eye hit it and then I turned away. I thought I was looking at a Ford Flex modern it's disgusting version. disgusting thing to say. <laughs> oh, it really, it, right. and, and I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, th- then they start describing it and what they're going to do with the inside. And they're saying, you know, is it a car? Is it a, a movie theater? Is it a camper? Because of the way everything can be, you know, you got the big screens that are going to be in it. You've got seats. And I'm going, it, they've, Ford stopped making the Flex and Volkswagen stepping in to offer the Flex vehicle. They're, it's, you might as well just call it the, to be fair, James, <laughs> you'd probably fit this thing in the back of a Flex. Well, it is tiny. That's the other thing. Like I it, like it. It's like that. It does look a little bit like that. Um, the, the, from the side, it looks a little bit like the, Evoke the Discovery it, it, Sport. It does. I think that's the two-tone roof yeah. and body. But yeah, yeah. Well, and in the Kia, the Kia has one also that they do the same thing, right? That has that two-tone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do, I do like the look of that, but it's got that is, giant front end. The, the 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 height of the you know. It, so it's it's you can easily see where they've they've looked at cars around there and they've said, ah, oh, you know, like I said, that Evoke, it's got an Evoke look to it with the tires. Yeah. And then it's, but it's kind of square. Kind of full fat Range Rover even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you've got this really in your face front end that just seems a little bit higher. And you, you know what, the thing that caught my attention was from the aerodynamic perspective, it's flat. Yeah. And I think that's where I, that's, that's what's saying flex to me is that front end yeah. where it's just flat. It's, it's, it is strange, the whole aerodynamics <laughs> thing. Yeah. You know, cars used to be made to look cool. Yeah. You know, you think about, you think about the rally cars from the oh, 80s. Oh, man. The Beautiful. Lanciers, the Audis. Yeah. All these cars that they had in the 80s, that they were just square because they're <laughs> big and muscular and yeah. they needed to be just like, functional. How much are you going to really save anyway? Are we, how many, yeah. How, how many and I think we're trying to, hopefully, we'll get to the point where cars can have a bit of character again because we were down to electricity. We're electric anyway. Everyone's charging them every night. It's not costing the environment as much as petrol is. Yeah. So we haven't got to try and eke out that extra MPG or that extra yeah. key, kg of uh, CO2. And we might start getting cars with a bit of character again. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it becomes. Yeah, I mean, if that's all we get from it, then then great. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. There's one of these pictures on this, and the, the, the <laughs> go. You got to check that. You got to Google it. Website. Volkswagen ID. Yeah. Full stop. Life. So there's 20 pictures on there. Yeah. And then there's some crazy picture ones. number. Where are we now? Twenty eight. Oh. The interior looks, it looks no, like a fighter so it's jet. picture number 20. <laughs> okay, picture number 20. Why have they showed it with a load of dead bugs on the front? <laughs> I don't know. Is that just to show that it can drive? Yes. You can go through a locust swarm. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it, yeah. But know. no, it looks cool. I mean, the ID buzz, the, 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 the electric st- camper van. Yeah. That's been tested. That's been out in its camo gear and stuff getting tested. Not, not so sure how I feel about that. 
It like, looks okay, but again, why doesn't it look more like the old camper van did? Yeah. But I, I like the whole thing because of the way the dash system works. And literally, yeah. the whole front windshield becomes a screen. Yeah. So you could be sitting in the back. You're just, well, I mean, I don't know who's just going to hang out in their car watching movies, but. Maybe you get to the point where people just live in cars. Well, I'm thinking where, you know, part of it is maybe this is uh, a herbiger to tiny homes. And so, yeah. you know, you live in a tiny home, you've got an electric car. Well, what, what, you know, what if you were to, so this again goes into the fuel cell idea. Right. If you were to have a fuel cell vehicle, it produces water. Yeah. So for an individual, it probably would produce enough water yeah. to sustain them for a period of time. And you, in theory, therefore, could drive it into a, sorry, an off-grid abode. Okay. Say yeah. you've got a couple of containers and yeah. you've converted them and you live off-grid. Off you could drive your fuel cell vehicle into the, there, plug your vehicle into yeah, there yeah, and that. then run the house. There, there's another scene when we're talking about that movie theater. I keep going back to this because this is something innovative that I, I, I'm sure other car companies do it. I just haven't seen it. The front seat folds forward so you can actually sit on it and the headrests become leg rests. Oh, nice. And the back seat then has that, that cushion area on it. So now suddenly you're able to be sitting with your back against the back seat, feet right out, leg rest down, camping in it, sleeping in it, watching a big movie on your big screen. It's yeah. got interior lighting. I'm looking at this going, this is, this is actually, you know what? I, this could work. Yeah, I think it's, I, I, I think, you know, like we just said, I think if you've got a, we, we just saw it in in um, the US where there were power outages and people right. were powering their homes from their F-150s. Same kind of deal. You look in the back, it's got how many, it's got, uh, you know, under a little flap, the one that has all the bugs on it. <laughs> yeah. It's Okay, that's where you've got all your connectors and you can plug in your house, you can plug in your thing, you can, it's boom, you're laughing. If you're an individual, per, if you are an individual without, any real request, you know, you go to work in your car and then you come home. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. You could have a solar powered water heater. Yep. So you've got hot water. Your TV's in the car. You know, yeah. you could, you, in theory, you could sleep in the car, not that yeah. you'd necessarily need to. You could still have a bed and a, and, a, and a sofa in your house. Yeah. But everything could be powered from it. Yeah. Get us out, get us away. I think it'd be kind of cool. What, what became interesting when I was looking at this was. The, the next vehicle that, that jumped out at me. And this was, this was interesting because I'm just, I, you know, I'm just kind of going through these and looking at these concept cars and I'm thinking, okay, these are, this is cool. One of the vehicles that I never hear about is smart cars. And I don't mean smart cars, but the, the brand name smart. And yeah. it's, it's weird because you see all these vehicles tagged smart and I see them all over the place. I see them here. I'm forever wondering where do you buy one? And I never hear, I never see them advertised. So it's, it's a weird kind of thing, but apparently they're, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And when, when I start, when I, well, what caught my attention was again, another concept and we've got Mercedes Benz working on the exterior stuff and the look of it. We've got Geely working on the mechanics and they've come up with another EV concept that actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, one of the problems with the smart car when it when it had its first run in the early 2000s in the UK was that it, because it's Mercedes-Benz, it's too expensive. Mm. 
way too expensive. Well, that's what, and that's what, and, you know, feeling that in, that's what someone said to me. I said, well, you know, James, just go hang out at Mercedes. That's where you're going to find them. Yeah. And I yeah. went, okay, but they're not really pushing them. No. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know if it's just a little bit of a project on the side. Let's see how many people ask about them. I don't know what there is to push, really. I never liked the original ones. I, they, well, they're, 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 those, they're tiny. Yeah, they just had the two seats with nothing behind them. And then you got the, they did the four, smart, they called it the smart four, four, which had yeah. four seats. And that's and what I'm looking at is a, this concept of, I guess it's a smart four, four-ish kind of thing. Yeah, four full-size seats. Yeah. I mean, it's very Mercedes inside. Absolutely. It looks and just again, like it, Mercedes. It, it looks like the, the, the concept, the size, again, goes back to the concept that we were just talking about yeah. at VW. Yeah. It's like the same vehicle. It's the, the, the strange thing about concept cars is some of them go into production really quick and exactly yeah. true to the original. I mean, this one isn't going to. No. And, and the reason it isn't going to is because who's going to pay the money for it? Yeah. You know, it, it's... I mean, just looks too expensive. Those back doors are never going to open suicide at 90 degrees to the car either. <laughs> well, that was, and that was the kind of the funky thing when you kind of looked at it. So when you look at this car, it's showing, it's showing a, a nice sky view of it. And the entire roof, which is happening in, in many vehicles now is a skylight. It's, yeah. it's clear, but it literally great for getting stuff in and getting in because it's got the front doors open and they open really like right out to the side, like wings, which yeah. is cool. But the same thing happens with the back doors, except they're suicide doors. So suddenly you've opened this thing up and I'm kind of going, I mean, I love the idea, but it ain't going to happen. That's a nightmare on a windy day. Yeah. I mean, and, and also on a sunny day with the roof <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, one of the things I, Smart had was the Mercedes price tag. Mm. Yeah. F for what you were getting, it, it didn't make much sense. They were kind of... They were a little bit like, uh, they had a niche following and they were quite, like you say, quirky and it was kind of like, you know, the cool the cool car to have at the time, but they were much better choices. Do you think the Geely tie-up is, is hoping that we can make it more cost-effective? Yeah. yeah, maybe the production. I would think that there's, again, like VW have had to do. Yeah. There'll be some kind of deal with the Chinese manufacturer to reduce the... Uh, cost of selling their vehicles in 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 China because it's a huge market. Yeah. So that you know they tie up with Geely, get some production going, and then whether or not this is even something they actually want to sell on mass doesn't matter because yeah. then the the, um, the 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 import and 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 sale of vehicles from Mercedes in China will be drastically cheaper because yeah. of it. Before we before we end this podcast. One, let's let's jump really quickly to the shop and uh, lessons from the shop this week. What's come in that has made you scratch your head or think say the say the the very common refrain that you and DJ have every now and then. What were you thinking uh, <laughs> when the owner explains what's happened? What uh, got anything? We had a strange car. A strange. Well, it wasn't a strange car. A strange, strange owner. A strange issue <laughs> with a car that was all of a sudden. It's backfiring backfiring misfiring fuel injected got no yeah yeah got no idea why okay okay have you had anything done on the car have you done this no okay and we'd never seen the car before we had no history of it and the, 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 the customer was referred to as having had trouble I assume at a previous place but it was a, a distributor 
oh. engine. And cylinder number one and cylinder number eight were the wrong way around with the HT leads, which I've got no idea how you would do that. But checking the the timing, we figured that out because we go around cylinder number one yeah. uh, with with the timing light for the pulse, and we couldn't get it anywhere near. So we traced all the leads and checked it, and one and eight were the wrong way around. We literally swapped them around, cleaned the spark plugs that were fouled, it started up and ran perfectly, and that was it. But it made, I don't know how we got to there. So do you think when someone was changing the wires, they just made a mistake? Yeah, but they must have made it worse. This is the thing, right? <laughs> so it must, I, it must have been made worse. Cause, well, it was. It was missing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was backfiring because there was unburnt fuel going into the exhaust. I mean, it, it made zero... There was no way in my mind to logically go backwards in steps to say how we'd come to this point. Yeah. D- did you ever find out who the, the, the service is? No, we didn't right. ask. And look, you, I didn't you, even you know. say to the customer this. I just yeah. said, look, we... But, do, I, I but you're curious, though. Yeah. <laughs> like you're looking through the... Yeah. Yeah, why don't we look through the record book? Who'd they go to last? Yeah, I fixed yeah. the timing and we sorted it and it was, it was good to go. So that, that was a weird one. A couple of couple of issues with starter motors that's been uh-uh. um, we've had a good run of starter motors actually that's yeah. it's been, been now, un- I, I unfortunate get a quick question when I was back home mm-hmm. I heard you know, you had those those cars that at the lights stop and then they restart yeah. and obviously that's using more of your starter motor so my, my mind would say you're just using something more it's obviously going to you know have, a, have more of an effect on it I'm not hearing as much of that in this part of the world as we did, but then maybe it's just because it's warmer. So the cars are staying running. I don't know, but I'm wondering if that fad kind of turned off and people just kind of went, yeah, I'm just going to keep my no, car going. Even the RS and S Audis have it on. Really? And the performance cars have it now. Yeah. It's the only way for them to get the kilograms of CO2 okay. down. So that it turns off. Yeah. Um, some of the technology that Peugeot originally did was to use the alternator okay. rather than the starter motor yeah. to fire the engine back up using the drive belt. Um, from the alternator, uh, I think Audi also went that way now. Hmm. So it's not going away. Stuff. But no, it's, it's, it's not there. a gimmick. You, you're right with, you know, there's certain criteria that have to be met. You know, the driver has to have his seatbelt. The driver has to have the seatbelt on, the door closed. Yeah. The, the cabin temperature has to be able to be maintained at what the driver's selected. So if you've right. got your AC set to maximum on low... It's never until the out. winter it's very unlikely yeah. here that it's going to go off at least every time you stop yeah. but if you have it set to 21 and a half 22 which is what people you should have it at then it, it, mm-hmm. it will do um, what they've done on the more modern stuff is to stop people thinking that their engine's just cutting out they've got markers now on the rev gauge so it doesn't go down to zero it goes to a and so, right. like on the Audis, it just there's, it says "ready." I think it says right. on the Audi, okay. so that it doesn't go down to zero. So you know that that's what it's doing. Um, some cars will come up on the dashboard and say "stop, start, active." Yeah, but it, it's there. In, and like I say, even the RS Audis and the S Audis, they have it, okay. and uh, it's it's not it's not going away on internal combustion for mm. for a while. And 
you know, if if they if they sell more starter motors, they're happy with it. <laughs> okay, easy. I'm always. I mean, you know, because I drive older vehicles, I'm always worried. Man, my car starts stopping at the lights. What if it doesn't start? Yeah. Because <laughs> then yeah. you get some people who just manually do it. I've been sitting at lights where someone's just yeah. turned well, it off again, themselves. Again, the battery. The battery is also. All these vehicles have intelligent battery systems, right. so the batteries are monitored. So if the voltage isn't sufficient to then start the car, it will yeah. also not allow it to turn okay. off. But. Yeah, they they are quite <laughs> smart. They shouldn't you shouldn't ever get into that position. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Glenn, you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to doing this all again. Fun as always. Great conversation. I think I think we did talk about Volkswagen quite a bit today. That was our plan. Yeah, and yeah, we stuck to a plan, and yeah. that makes a change. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it all again real soon. PowerWorks Automotive is where you can find Glenn Power. And he joins us here on the podcast every week or so, and we talk cars. Talk to you again real soon. My name is James Pikeway. 